Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the 1947-1948 season of the Jack Benny Show. First, I'll warn you, one of the very first things you'll hear is Don Wilson saying that uh, they just celebrated Halloween on October 21st. And no, in the past, they didn't celebrate Halloween on October 21st. It was still the 31st, but... Somehow Don made a mistake, and I think they all just ignored it and just kept going. So so that will get mentioned. But um, this episode uh, has one of their uh, famous movie spoofs. This is Dark Passage that starred um, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Neither one will be on this episode. But, you know, I think um, I like it when they have guest stars. But I really like these spoofs when they, uh, to, to hear Jack and Mary and uh, Phil and Dennis take on the whole um, whole shebang and, and not have uh, any of the guest stars in the, in the roles they played in the actual films. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's fun to, to, to hear that, um, to see you know, Jimmy Stewart playing the character somewhat that he plays in Bend to the River and so forth. But, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's it's just as entertaining or more entertaining to hear, hear what Jack does with uh, his interpretation of this of these movie spoofs. And certainly Mary does a great job, too. The whole cast just, just does nice work uh, in any of these spoofs. And so, uh, enjoy this spoof of Dark, Dark Passage, and you might... Uh, just want to check out um, these movies. Sometimes I, I'll actually um, watch a movie after I've heard Jack Benny's spoof of it and just thinking it'd be interesting to watch the movie. And the movies are always uh, more entertaining that way or, or have a little more meaning to me because I already heard a version of them on Jack's show. So I'm not, I don't think that's why it's designed this way or whatever, but, uh, but it works. So um, anyway, enjoy this episode of the Jack Benny Show with the movie spoof Dark Passage and I hope that you have a pleasant Halloween and we'll see you next time. The Jack Benny Program presented by Lucky Strike. Quality of product is essential to continuing success. Exhibit A, Lucky Strike. In a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. And today, tomorrow, always, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. At 59, American. Lucky Strike presents The Man Who Knows. Mr. Herbert Highsmith, veteran independent tobacco buyer of Robertsonville, North Carolina, has handled tobacco all his life. Recently, he said, Season after season, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy quality tobacco. Fine tobacco with real flavor. Smooth, ripe, and mild. So for myself, I pick Lucky's. Smoked them for 15 years. At auction after auction, independent tobacco experts like Mr. Highsmith can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Remember, LSMFT, LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, and fine tobacco means real deep down smoking enjoyment for you. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. Yes, next time you buy cigarettes, ask for Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. (laughs) 
The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, last Friday, October 21st, was Halloween. And people young and old all over the nation were bobbing for apples. Yes, sir. So now we bring you a man whose gums are so tender, he had to bob for applesauce, Jack Benny. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don... Don, that was a very funny introduction, bobbing for applesauce. You know, it's certainly clever. I mean, the way you expose all my faults and defects. <laughs> yeah. People enjoy it, too. Yes, yes, they do. Hmm. You know, Don, Don, there's a man in Pomona who gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning, looks at a thermometer, and then broadcasts frost warning. I know. Well, one more introduction like that, and you'll be his master of ceremony. <laughs> and incidentally, Halloween is on the 31st, not the 21st. <laughs> In other words... Oh, Jack, Don didn't mean any harm. He was just trying to get a little laugh, that's all. Mary, we want big laughs on this show. If Don has any little laughs, let him ship him east to Fred Allen. <laughs> and speaking of Halloween, Allen looks like he went bobbing for oranges and got a smudge pot caught under each eye. <laughs> he used them to warm up the audience, you know. Say, Jack, uh, is Fred Allen older than you are? Is he older? Mary. <laughs> this is cruel, but I've got to tell it. <laughs> well, this is awful, but I must have. Ask me again, Mary. Go ahead. All right. Uh, is Fred Allen older than you are? Is he older? Mary, Allen died in 1896. <laughs> what you hear on Sundays are transcriptions. <laughs> I wonder how he gets those transcriptions up here. <laughs> but getting back to Halloween, Don, what did you do last Friday night? Did you have any fun? Oh, I had a wonderful time, Jack. I went to a masquerade party. Really? What did you go as? I let a chain drag from the back of my belt and went as a gasoline truck. <laughs> well, that's logical. Don always thinks of something unique, doesn't he, Mary? Yeah, I remember last Halloween he painted lines across his back and went as a football field. Uh, it was a good illusion, except that the field spread out too much around the 10-yard line. <laughs> but everybody has fun on Halloween, especially the kids. Say, Jack, did you find out who put that sign up in front of your house? No. No, I didn't. What was that, Mary? <laughs> Somebody took a chop suey sign off a Chinese restaurant and nailed it over Jack's front door. Mary. A chop suey sign, huh? Was Jack mad? No, he just put a kimono on Rochester and went into business. <laughs> Oh, I just did that for a gag But I had a lot of fun Friday night too, Don You know, I went to a Halloween party in Beverly Hills And I met the most wonderful girl And she was so cute You know, she came dressed as Little Bo Peep Little Bo Peep, that's a cute costume yeah. What did you wear, Jack? Well, I didn't know I was going till the last minute So I just wore an old costume I found up in the attic But kids, I gotta tell you about this girl She wore a little black mask that seemed to... Oh, I don't know, she was just wonderful Now, I really went nuts about her Well... 
I never heard you talk like this before. I can't help it. When she came through the door, I looked at her, and she looked at me, and I could just feel something run up and down my spine. Mary, you know what that means. Your costume was up in the attic longer than you thought it was. <laughs> I'm serious, Mary. No, I'm serious. This girl didn't say much, but as we were dancing, she would look into my eyes and call me pumpkins. Pumpkins? Yeah. And I called her little Bo Peep. She was really the Mr. Cute... Benny, after the program is over, do you mind if oh, I... Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello. Mr. Benny, after the program is over, do you mind if I... Did you, did you just get in? Yeah. Mr. Benny, after the program is over, do you how, mind if I... Uh, how do you feel, kid? Fine. That's good. I had double pneumonia this morning, but I'm all right now. <laughs> Dennis, stop being silly. If you had double pneumonia this morning, how could you come to the studio? Did you take penicillin? No, I took the Sunset bus. <laughs> Well, kid, kid, all you had was a slight cold, that's all. How did you catch it? Well, on Halloween, I wanted to play a trick on my father, so I put a pail of ice water over the door, so when he opened it, the water would fall on his head. But you put the ice water up there for your father. How did you catch the cold? Testing. <laughs> oh. It worked every time. Well, look, Dan. Look, Dennis, if I'd have known you were going to stay at home on Halloween, I would have uh, taken you to a masquerade party at the Beverly Hills Club. Oh, I was supposed to go to that party with Phil, but my folks wouldn't let me, so Phil went alone. Phil was there? Gee, that's funny. I didn't see him. What was he dressed as? Little Bo Peep. <laughs> Little Bo Peep. Kiss me, pumpkins. <laughs> no, no wonder he wouldn't take off his mask. Phil, you, you mean Jack danced with you all evening? Not only that, Livy, he even asked me if he could drive me home. <laughs> no. Yeah. Say, Livy, have you ever seen the lights of the city from Mulholland Drive? <laughs> can't understand it. How could he shave so close? Phil, I think you carried it too far. Why didn't you tell Jack who you were? What, and spoil an old man's evening? <laughs> All right, Phil, look at you. fooled me. You had your little joke. Now let's forget it. Forget it nothing. I want them nylons you promised me. Alice, can you... <laughs> look, you're not getting those nylons. And I'm not putting you in pictures, either. <laughs> now, look, we've got a show to do, so... Hey, Jackson. Hey, Jackson. Uh, come here a minute. Phil, we've got to get on with the show. I know. All right, but... Come here just a minute. I want to I wanna ask you something. Oh, all right. What... What is it? Look at me. <laughs> huh? Do my eyes still twinkle like two stars in the summer sky? <laughs> oh, boy, do you fall for everything you hear? <laughs> I really put one over on you, bud. Now, go ahead, Phil. Pick up that stick and let's have a band number. Okay, pumpkins. Never mind. But I still can't understand how he could shave so close. <laughs> Thank you.
Steve from 29 Palms played by little Schmo Pete and his orchestra. I still... Well, as long as we're happy, that's what I mean. But I still... I still can't get over how he fooled me. You know, I should have known it was Phil when he stopped at every house, knocked on the door, and said, trick or drink. Well, Jack, it's your own fault. You fall in love with every girl you meet, and then you do the silliest thing. I do not. Tell the fellas what happened when I introduced you to that girl in New York. Mary. What happened, Mary? Well, Jack went up to her apartment, turned the lights down low, put one arm around her waist, and whispered, Darling, I want you to have something to remember me by. Mary. Then he took off his toupee, pulled out three hairs, and stuck them in her locket. <laughs> well, that just shows how much I thought of her. Anybody else could grow them back. Me, it cost $30. <laughs> now, look, kids, we've got an important play to do tonight. It's very important, so let's get on with it. Go ahead, Don, with the introduction. Okay. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction tonight, we're going to present our version of that stirring, thrilling Warner Brothers production, Dark Passage. The story concerns an unfortunate man who is serving a life term in the state penitentiary for murder. But wait, why should I tell his story? Let him tell it. My name is Humphrey Benny. <laughs> serving a life sentence for the murder of my wife. It wasn't intentional murder. One night when she went to bed, I turned the electric blanket up too high. <laughs> they never would have caught me if I hadn't put that apple in her mouth. <laughs> the next thing I knew, I was in cell 13 in the state prison. I remember my first meeting with my cellmate. I asked him how long he'd been there. He said, I've been in this prison for now on to 20 years. What are you in for, Curly? Arson. Arson? Yeah, I signed some other guy's name to a check. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not arson. Sure it is. I signed it Arson Wells. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Curly, you may not have a spoon, but you're sure stir crazy. <laughs> hmm. Say, uh, what are you in for? Murder. Murder? Yes, my wife. I was married to her for one year, and then I killed her. Here's her picture. Hmm. What took you so long? <laughs> I couldn't face her. Tell me, Curly, what kind of clink is this, anyway? Oh, it's not too bad, as long as you don't break the rules. But last year, they threw me in solitary confinement. Solitary? Yes. Too long months they kept me in a cell all by myself. Sixty days I was in there all alone. 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 Gee, that must have been awful. No, I'm crazy about myself. <laughs> what? If I hadn't had a mirror, I would have gone nuts. <laughs> well, this jail could be worse. Hey, wait a minute. Why do the lights turn dim? Oh, they're testing the electric chair. Slugger Wilson goes in there in a few minutes. Look, here comes the guards with him now. So long, slugger. So long, Curly. Now hold still, Wilson, while we strap you in. There. Now, guard, get ready to throw the switch. No. No. Please don't. Please don't. Please. Throw the switch. <laughs> Cut it off. <laughs> oh, no. 
about the pickles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're, they're pickles, I tell you. <laughs> Wilson. Wilson, it'll be easier for you if you stop squirming. Now stop squirming. Oh, darn it. That's a third cherry broke this week. <laughs> Gee, Curly. I thought Slugger Wilson was supposed to go to the chair in June. Here it is, November. Took him four months to eat his last meal. Oh. Hey, what's that? Ah, uh, some guys in the next cell. They sing all the time. Hmm. Why do they always have such good singers in prison? <laughs> I hate that stuff. Me too. Oh, we wish we had someone to love us. We'd be happy as happy could be. We want someone to take us out of prison Or send us an LSMS (laughs) They're round and so firm and so fully, fully, fully back Like the safe we used to crack Three is and we be on the wrong Ask the man who knows where the best tobacco grows That's why we light up a lucky Listen to Effie Boom, there's a man can chat a tune Best cigarette we ever saw Hey, Curly, do they do that all the time? Yeah, all the time Hey, fellas, will you shut up? Holy, holy, fast off at the sight We used to crack stop Stop it, stop Stop Thanks, Curly You know, I... Say... Say, who's that guy coming down the corridor? Huh? Oh, him? Yeah. He's a playwright trying to get some atmosphere for a prison play. Let me see. Hey, I know him. That's Norman Krasner. He'll be heartbroken to see me here in prison. Hey, Norman! Norman! Look where I am! <laughs> Gee, what a sense of humor. <laughs> well, I better shave. Hey, Curly, where's the hot water? Are you kidding? Ain't no hot water in this cell. What? No hot water? Well, I ain't gonna stay in a jail like this. Hey, guard! Guard, take me to the wharf! Take me to the wharf! So the guard took me to the wharf. I'll never forget that harrowing walk down the long, long corridor. As I passed the condemned cells, the guard said, Poor devils, they're doomed. As I passed the solitary cells, the guard said, Poor devils, they'll go crazy. As I passed the women's cells, the guard said, the work cells. I stopped and went back for the guard. <laughs> Finally, we reached the warden's office. The guard told me to go in myself. I opened the door. And I faced the kindly old gentleman sitting behind the big desk and said, A warden? Warden? Yes! <laughs> what kind of a prison is this, anyway? What kind of cells have you got here? No hot water, no mattresses on the bunks. And our television set doesn't work either. (laughs) And the food is bad, too. Really? What did you have for dinner last night? Well, let me see. We started with soup. Your entree? Hash. Your dessert? Pudding. Your age? 38. (laughs) 
Now, look, Warden, I ain't gonna stand for this kind of treatment, see? You'll stand for it and like it. Now go back to your cell. I won't go back to my cell. Either let me out of here or send me to the electric chair. Do you hear me? Send me to the electric chair. I'd love to, but our light bill's too high now. What? Now get back to your cell and stay there. I went back to my cell determined to escape. I planned, I schemed, and after seven long years, I got my chance. A parole came through for number 60734. That was Curly's number. So that night, I knocked him on the head and changed numbers with him. It worked. They took me to the gate, gave me a new suit of clothes and a $5 bill. And they handed me a tube of bubbaloon and told me to blow. <laughs> when I left, I was frightened, confused. Things on the outside were in terrible shape. Financial instability, political unrest. And worse of all, they were wearing them long again. <laughs> there was nowhere to go, nothing to see. I was trudging the lonesome road from the jail towards the city when a car stopped beside me. And a voice said, Want to lift it a town, big boy? I stood there staring for a minute. I couldn't speak. I just couldn't speak. Suddenly it happened. My bubbaloon busted. That's better. I can see your face now. Hop in the car, Blue Eyes, and I'll take you to town. Okay, Miss... Miss... Bacall, but you can call me Lauren. Lauren? If you don't feel like calling, just whistle. <laughs> Hop in. You've been in prison, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. How did you know? I saw the picture. Oh. <laughs> You know, it's swell driving along, sitting next to you. I've been in prison so long, I've forgotten what girls look like. That glorious fragrance, that lovely odor. What is it? Gasoline, my tag flakes. <laughs> now, where would you like me to take you? I don't know. This time of the night, it's too late for the Palladium and too early for breakfast at Brenneman's. <laughs> I don't know where to go. Well, I'll tell you what. You can ride up the top of Mulholland Drive and park. No, thanks. I was up there on Halloween. <laughs> now, look, Lauren, I'm in trouble, see? I just broke out of prison, and they'll be looking for me in a few hours. Well, if that's your problem, I know a plastic surgeon who can change your face so nobody will recognize you. Say, that... No, why should I go to the trouble of having my face changed? They might catch me anyway. You'll still be ahead. <laughs> okay, I'll try it. Then I'll pull a couple of jobs that'll make me rich. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I don't get your angle, big boy. Have you ever thought of going straight? You know, I kind of like you. Have you ever thought of getting married? Yeah. Sometimes I, I think I'd like to get married. Settle down in a vine-covered cottage with a wife and have 10 or 12 children. Get out, mister. This is as far as we go. Huh? What? Well, this is where that plastic surgeon has his office. Good. Let's go in. The doctor's office was on the second floor. I followed her up the stairs. She was wearing them long, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
As I walked down the hall, I began to feel frightened, nervous, afraid. Lauren sensed how I felt and walked over to encourage me. She kissed me. When I came to, I was in the doctor's office. He was feeling my pulse with one hand and my wallet with the other. Finally, he said, Mr. Benny, as long as I'm going to change your face, who do you want to look like? I don't know. I, I just don't want to be recognized. Well, I can make you look like a young man or an old man. Or if you really want to disguise yourself, I can put some glass in the back of your head and make you look like a Studebaker. <laughs> you know how the windshield wipers would drive me nuts. But then, if you think looking like a Studebaker would do the trick, go ahead. Very well, I'll call my assistant. Oh, Dr. McNulty! Here I am, doctor. Shall I... Gosh, you sure lost up this guy's face. <laughs> he hasn't started yet. <laughs> now, look, I'm in a hurry. Let's get on with the operation. Very well. I'll go in the next room and put on my gown. Say, Dr. McNulty, will it hurt much? Oh, no. He's the best plastic surgeon in town. Really? Uh-huh. Ten years ago, a man came in to have his nose straightened out, so the doctor sat him down in a chair, stood behind the man, reached down and grabbed the patient's nose in both hands and began pulling up. He pulled and pulled and pulled, and all of a sudden... Boing! <laughs> Gee, didn't the guy sue? Why should he? Today, that man is Bob Hope. <laughs> well, I hope my operation turns out okay. The doctor came back He was carrying his surgical instruments And he had slipped into his operating gown He was wearing them long too <laughs> He adjusted the ether cone to my nose I began inhaling My head began to whirl I began to hear voices The light bills too high now, too high now Too high now, too high now Then I caught a blurred vision of Lauren looking down at me She was so beautiful I wanted to marry her. I cried, Lauren, Lauren. She looked at me tenderly and said, <laughs> Her voice was so beautiful. Suddenly things got dimmer and dimmer. My head whirled faster and faster. And then, and then I passed out. came to. The operation was over. They removed the bandages. I looked in the mirror. It was even better than I expected. I looked like a Cadillac. <laughs> I had white sidewall ears. The doctor was pleased, too. He was smiling, and he said... How do you feel, Mr. Benny? I mean, fine, thank you. <laughs> Irishman. <laughs> they put a new top on 
us. I am now running between Anaheim, Azusa, and Cucamonga. All Friends, every worthwhile undertaking usually has a slogan, sort of an identifying phrase to express its purpose. The community chest has one, a fine one which says, everybody benefits, everybody gives. It's sort of like the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's really the purpose of the community chest anyway. So let's all help make the slogan of the community chest a practical aid to the health and welfare of millions of Americans. Everybody benefits, everybody gives. Thank you. Jack, we'll be back in just a moment. But first, quality of product is essential to continuing success. And Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. L-S-M-F-T. Yes, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And fine tobacco is what counts in a cigarette. Remember what happens at the tobacco auctions? Year after year at market after market, independent tobacco experts can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Lucky Strike presents The Man Who Knows. Mr. Sidney Curran, tobacco warehouseman of Oxford, North Carolina, has spent 25 years on the tobacco markets. Recently, he said, At auction after auction, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy tobacco that's got real smoking quality. Fine tobacco that smokes up mild, cool, and fragrant. Smoke Lucky's myself for 26 years. So for your own real deep-down smoking enjoyment, remember, L-S-M-F-T, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. Yes, next time you buy cigarettes, ask for Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed. So free and easy on the draw. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned in for the Phil Harris Alice Faye show, which follows immediately. And be sure to listen to A Day in the Life of Dennis Day on Wednesday night. And next Sunday on my own show, I have one, you know. I'm expecting a visit from my next door neighbors, Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman. Good night, folks. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. like moonlight, shining like bright starlight. That's the way every girl wants her hair to be, soft and shining. And that's the way yours will be when you use Fitch's new cream shampoo. 
because Fitch's cream shampoo is made with not one, but two beneficial beauty aids, lanolin and olive oil. Lanolin to soften, olive oil to bring out those sparkling highlights. And girls, you'll find Fitch's cream shampoo delightfully easy to use. Just a small dab whips up into heaps of lather to thoroughly cleanse your hair and scalp. Then to rinse, just a swish of plain water and every bubble of suds is gone. Your hair is softer, shinier than ever before. Looks as though it had been brushed and brushed and brushed. Fitch's new cream shampoo is thrifty too. Yes, compare the size of the jar, compare its low cost and buy it at drug or toilet goods counters. Remember, Fitch cream shampoo means softer, shinier hair for you. The F.W. Fitch Company, makers of Fitch Shampoo, presents the Fitch Bandwagon with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Walter Scharf and his music, and starring Alice Fay and Phil Harris. Early in the week, Phil Harris and his band were asked to play at a Glendale High School dance which is being held tonight. Due to previous commitments, Phil had to turn it down. However, after being besieged with telegrams, phone calls, and letters from the student body, he decided to accept. As we look in, we find Phil discussing it with Alice. Oh, I'm glad you changed your mind and decided to play at Glendale High tonight, Phil. Well, I had to, honey. Getting all those letters and phone calls and telegrams from the students made it mandatory. (laughs) What was that last word? Mandatory. What's the matter? Is it a little too tricky for you to handle? I'm surprised you could handle it. Phil, what does it mean? Look, I pronounced it. Let's not toy with it. (laughs) No, but honest, I'm very proud of myself. Those kids could have had any great band in the country, but they insisted on mine. It had to be Phil Harris and his band. But why? If they had their choice of all the great orchestras, why do they want Phil Harris and his band? Why do they want Phil Harris and his band? I asked you first. (laughs) Look, honey, it's obvious why they wanted me. I appeal to the teenagers. Why, gee whiz, honey, they idolize me. They worship me. Them kids have got me up on a pedicure. (laughs) I can't understand why the teenagers have suddenly taken to you. Well, I don't know, but they have. They're nuts about me. Gee whiz, honey, I can just see those kids crowding around me on the bandstand tonight yelling. Good morning, Philip. (laughs) Alice, I told you not to take the screens down so early. Little things are creeping into the house. (laughs) Hello, William. I didn't hear you come in. Hello, Alice. Uh, Philip, what's this I hear about your, your playing at the Glendale High School tonight? Yes, sir, that's right, Willie. The kids had their pick of bands and they insisted on me. Hmm... If they had their choice of orchestras, why didn't they select someone famous like Benjamin Goodman? (laughs) (laughs) Or, uh, Thomas Dorsey? Uh, are you by chance related to Rudolph Valet? (laughs) Oh, I guess the kids want Phil because he's so versatile. After all, he's a musician, comedian, and a singer. Oh, can he sing? Can he sing? Can I sing? Doesn't anybody know? (laughs) Look, red ink, will you lie dead a minute? (laughs) Then again, maybe they want me because I'm so young and, uh, uh, 
good-looking. I, I doubt if that's it, because I don't think you're either young or good-looking. As a matter of fact, I uh, detect a few wrinkles in your face. <laughs> Them ain't wrinkles. It's just that my face has so much good looks it overlaps. <laughs> no kidding. Those kids probably think of me as well as, uh, as someone uh, their own age. Oh, listen to little Roddy McHarris here. No, I mean, it's true. Now, I may be a little older than them in years, but I'm young in spirit. I seem to have that certain uh, pixie quality. Pixie? Oh, no. Now I've seen everything. Peter Pan with a ham hock. <laughs> no, you're just jealous because the kids didn't ask you to the dance. And you're burned up because I got all that fan mail from the teenagers And most of your fan mail comes from older men Well, I can't help it if I appeal to the older men <laughs> You know, honey, sometimes I wish I were a little older So I could have seen you in your prime Cut that out, cut that out, Phil Oh, now don't be so sensitive I was only kidding you You know something, baby? I think that, uh-oh There's a doorbell, I'll get it Oh, hiya, Julius Say, I'm flattered that you kids at Glendale High Picked me and my band to play at your dance tonight Hey, uh, you really wanted me, huh? Oh, sure You see, we was discussing the ten best bands in the country We had $40 to spend, so we decided to put it to a vote Yeah? You were voted the one most likely to accept <laughs> <laughs> Now, wait a minute, kid I don't want to get... I want to know... Oh, hello, Julius Hello, Miss Faye Gee, you look beautiful Whenever I see you, the blood starts pounding in my head My heart goes thumpity-thump And my stomach goes flippity-flop, flippity-flop Noisy little insides, hasn't it? Quiet, <laughs> Phil, at least I appeal to one teenager You certainly do, Miss Faye That's why I'm here I've come to ask you to go to the dance tonight You want me to go to your dance, Julius? Certainly You see, Phil? And you thought I didn't appeal to the teenagers. Do you kids really want me there, Julius? Of course, Miss Faye. We wouldn't think asking anyone else but you to be our chaperone. <laughs> chaperone? <laughs> oh, get out your shawl and knitting, Mother Harris. You're chaperoning tonight. Ah, <laughs> oh, please say you'll come, Miss Faye. Please. Oh, all right. I suppose so. A chaperone yet. Hi, you'll enjoy yourself, Miss Faye. Oh, I'm sure I will. I might even get to dance if my gout doesn't start to acting up. <laughs> well, then it's settled. I shall call for you at seven and drive you over in my car. Oh, don't bother, Sonny. I'll just get in my wheelchair and push myself down. <laughs> I'll see you at seven. Farewell, soulmate. Chaperone. Oh, well, if I'm going to that dance tonight, I've got a lot of things to do. Put my hair up, manicure my nails. Yeah, and don't forget to take your vitamin pills, Ma. You might have to stay up as late as 10 o'clock tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, poor Alice. Maybe I shouldn't kid her so much. She'll have a good time. Hey, gee, I'm anxious to play that dance myself because I got a tune those kids are going to love. Yes, sir. 
It'll really send them when I give out with Give me that old-time religion That old-time religion Give me that old-time religion It's good enough for me It was good for Paul and Silas Good for Paul and Silas It was good for Paul and Silas And it's good enough for me What save Daniel from the lions? Save Daniel from the lions What helped Daniel with the lions? Deacon starting telling me Well, it was that old-time religion Yes, that old-time religion Oh, that old-time religion And it's good enough for me It helped Daniel with the lions It helped to set him free Well, if it was good enough for Daniel, then it's good enough for me. Give me that old-time religion, that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion, it's good enough for me. I'll be listening for Gabriel, listening for Gabriel. I'll be listening for Gabriel to blow on Judgment Day. What's up, David, with Goliath? Help David slay Goliath. What's up, David, with Goliath? What was it set free? Well, it was that old-time religion, that old-time religion, that old-time religion, and it's good enough for me. It helped David with Goliath, it helped to set him free. Well, if it's good enough for David, then it's good enough for me. Give me that old-time religion, that old-time religion, give me that old-time religion, it's good enough for me. Now, what rescued Brother Jonah? What rescued Brother Jonah? What was it saved old Jonah from the belly of the whale? It was that old-time religion. Religion, no time, religion, religion, no time, religion. It's never known to fail. It helped Jonah with the will. Yes, it helped to set him free. Well, if it's good enough for Joni, then it's good enough for me. Give me that old time, religion, religion, no time, religion. That old time, religion, it's good enough for me. Give me that old time, religion, 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 religion. It's good enough for me. Give me that old time, religion, that old time, religion. Give me that old time, religion. It's good enough for me. Well, Phil, it's almost seven, and Julius will be here any minute for me. You going to ride over to Glendale High with us? No, thanks. Three of us in your wheelchair might make it a little crowded. <laughs> now, Phil, if you don't cut that out, All I... right. I'm only trying to have a few laughs, honey. I'm only kidding. Hey, uh, Frankie's going to pick me up. Don't worry. Oh, that must be Julius. Well, here I go. Yeah, I'll walk outside with you and wait for Frankie. Hello, Julius. Gee, Miss Faye, you look dazzling. Thank you, Julius. You look very nice yourself. This is the first time I've ever seen you in a tuxedo. That is a tuxedo, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's my father's. Hey. <laughs> hey, it's all creased and rumpled. How come? It was too big for me, and I had to sit in the bathtub till it shrunk to my size. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this young man, Julius? Oh, oh, this is my pal, Jimmy Daniels. Jimmy, I want you should meet Alice Faye. Hello, Jimmy. Hi. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> oh, I think you're very cute, Jimmy How old are you? I'm... Uh, I'm... <laughs> you sure don't look it <laughs> What's the matter, kid? Are your woolies tickling you? <laughs> We're ready. Let's go, Julius. Oh, by the way, what have you got in that box? It's something we brung for you, Miss Faye. Yeah, it's for you. It's an orchid. He talks. 
a beautiful orchid. Phil, why don't you buy me flowers like this once in a while? Isn't it gorgeous? Uh, I don't know. Looks kind of wilted to me. That's your sister's fault. She wasn't very careful when she wore it last Saturday. <laughs> your sister wore it already? Oh, I don't mind. I think it's lovely, and I'll keep it always. Oh, no, you don't. We're going to use it again next week. <laughs> Keep it in water It'll last for one more date Why don't you have it embalmed It may last all season <laughs> Shall we go, fair one? My car awaits without You're gonna like it It's a keen hot rod <laughs> Oh, this I gotta see Hey, come on, Alice I'll walk out with you Oh, I think it's awfully sweet of you boys To bring me a corsage And call for me and go Oh, Phil, did you do that? Do what? I asked you to carry the tin cans out front, but did you have to throw them in that untidy pile in the gutter? Miss Faye, that untidy pile is my car! <laughs> Sorry, Judith. I think it's a lovely car. Yeah, it's a convertible. Converted from what? <laughs> Julius, did you buy this car? No, I made it. I sort of threw it together myself. Your aim wasn't very good, was it? <laughs> Please, Mr. Harris. Let's go, Miss Faye. Just climb in over the side. Wait a minute, will you? Climb in over the side. What's the matter with you? My wife ain't gonna climb in. Here, I'll open the door for you, honey. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> well, if you're ready, here we go. Contact! So long, Alice. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Man, what a car. Hey, Julius, come back here. I still got your door in my hand. <laughs> I don't like the idea of Julius having his arm around Alice. After all, she's Hiya, my... Curly. Oh, hello, Frankie. I didn't hear you drive up. No wonder that cement mix that had just pulled out was making too much racket. <laughs> what do you got in your hand, Curly? <laughs> oh, nothing. It's just a car door. <laughs> Just a... This may seem like a stupid question, Curly, but what are you standing there with a car door in your hand? <laughs> I didn't realize I was still holding it. Uh, do, I, do I look silly? No. <laughs> you look like a guy who just said, follow that cab and forgot to get in. <laughs> What's the matter, Curly? You look a little worried. Worried? No, I'm not really. Alice just drove off to the dance with a couple of high school boys, and one of them had his arm around her, and I was just thinking, oh, kind of silly me to worry about Alice and those kids, though, isn't it, Frankie? I don't know. <laughs> if I had a wife who was so much younger than I was, I'd worry, too. Stop trying to make me jealous, Frank All right, have it your way But you shouldn't have let Alice drive off in a car With two good-looking high school boys <laughs> You know what that could lead to? What? Pasadena, if they're going that way <laughs> Look, no wisecracks Now look, this is business Let's get over to the high school Because I want to talk to the boys in the band Before the dance starts And try to tell them how to act Now, none of you guys has ever been in a high school before 
I resent that, Curly. I went to high school. I spent eight very happy years at Hollywood High. <laughs> eight years? You're supposed to go only four years. They picked up my option. <laughs> Come on, let's go, Curly. All right, fellas, hold it. Hold it, fellas. All right, hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. When I holler, hold it, hold it. Now hold it. That's better. Now I called you guys together here in the gymnasium a little early because I want to warn you about how to act in front of the students and the faculty. Oh, do tell us how to act, maestro. Pray do. <laughs> now, remember, this is a high school, and I don't want you guys to be reading racing forms between numbers. What's wrong with reading a racing form? <laughs> it ain't nice to do in front of kids. What's the matter with you anyway, Artie? Do you want to contribute to juvenile delinquency? Sure. How much do you want me to contribute? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, bud, one more crack out of you, and I'll slip a blonde wig on you and farm you out to Phil Spitalny. <laughs> I don't know why I put up with that guy. I'd fire him in a minute if we hadn't have gone through Yale together. Hey, Rimley, what's eating hot shot tonight? He's sore because one of the high school kids has a date with his wife for the dance. It's not a date. Alice is here as a chaperone. What's that? What's a chaperone? <laughs> a chaperone is an older woman who goes along to see that a group of kids don't do anything that she wishes she was young enough to be able to get in on. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> now, one more thing before hey, we get... Here comes the kids. Hey, look at Alice, surrounded by all them good-looking young guys. Never mind. Say, <coughs> they are good-looking, ain't they? Um, uh, uh, hey, Frankie, you take over the band. I'm going over to get the first dance with Alice. I don't like the way she and that Julius are talking confidential. Oh, you're a very nice boy, but I wish you'd stop insisting, Julius. I can't dance with you. I'm here as a chaperone. Miss Faye, I got a TL for you. You ain't here as a chaperone. You're here as my date. Your date? Yeah. I gave you that chaperone line because I knew that was the only way I could get you here. Oh, Julius, you shouldn't have done that. I had to, Miss Faye. You know how I feel about you. I think you're the most beautiful girl in the world and the most wonderful... Oh, Julius, stop talking like that. It isn't right. Being a mother, I know if I had a son your age... Well, what I mean is, does your mother understand how you feel about me? No. But my old man does. <laughs> All the fellas here think you're wonderful They do? You mean I appeal to the teenagers? They don't consider me old and decrepit? Of course not They think Alice you're... Hey, Alice Oh, here you are Oh, hello, Pixie Oh, Alice, listen <laughs> Now, you shouldn't be mingling with the high school boys You're a chaperone And you're supposed to be sitting over there Against the wall with those other old ladies Julius, are you going to allow this hired performer To talk to your date this way? Certainly not Back to the bandstand, flunky <laughs> Date? What are you talking about? You're not... Julius, the music is about to start Shall we dance? Now look here, Alice Oh, I'm... band leader, would you please play a foxtrot for the next dance? And here's a dollar for your trouble Toodaloo 
How do you like that? She gives me a dollar. A dollar. And her with all her cabbage. <laughs> Gee, you dance divinely, Miss Faye. Oh, thank you, Julius. I love this song. It's from that new Broadway show, High Button Shoes. Uh, don't hum it, soulmate. Sing it. Papa, won't you dance with me? Oh, dance with me, please dance with me. Papa, take a chance with me and dance with me tonight. And when you whirl me round and round, we'll go right off the ground. We'll go around and round. Yes, we'll go. And when we hear the trombone sliding high, we'll both be gliding high up to the sky. I love the polka pop. Won't you dance with me? Oh, dance with me. Please dance with me. When you hold me, hold me tight. Papa, won't you dance with me tonight? Whenever Papa tries to turn about, he's been a both in doubt. He'd better sit this out. It's not that he don't like to dance a bit. That's just the heck of it. He, he loves, loves the way they play the polka pop. Huh? Papa, oh, won't you dance with me? Please dance with me. Oh, dance with me. And Daddy, when you hold me, hold me tight. Oh, Papa, ain't the music grand? Could it be Phil Harris's band? Won't you dance with me? She not only dances with Julius with a dreamy expression on her face, she's got to sing to him yet. I'm going to get that second dance with her and put a stop to all of this. Hey, Alice. Alice. Oh, it's the band leader again. Now, stop that. Now, Alice, I want this dance. Well, you'll have to get in line. My next dance is with Jimmy here. Isn't it, Jimmy? Uh. Uh. Laughing water's back again. Look, Alice, can I please have one dance, please? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but all my dances are taken. The boys insisted. They said they've always wanted to dance with a movie star like me. Bye-bye. Movie star. Fine movie star. She wasn't even called a Washington. Alice, look, this is the fifth dance coming up, and I insist that I have this one. I'm sorry, but I'm dancing this one with Bruce. Aren't I, Bruce? Yeah. Who is this old geezer, Miss Faye? <laughs> Do you know him? Yes, this old geezer and I are sort of related. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to insult your father. Look, Alice, this is the 12th dance, and it happens to be the last one. Can I please have it? Sorry, Phil, but I reserved it for little Johnny here. This little kid? Oh, well, he's the smallest one yet. How old are you, Sonny? I'm 13. 13, huh? In that case, I'm going to get tough and demand this dance. Look, Bob, 
I'm gonna dance. That's my wife, and I'm gonna dance with my wife, see? And you ain't gonna stop me, see? Oh, yeah? You try dancing with her, and I'll punch you right in the nose. You do, and I'll sue you for assault and battery. <laughs> All right. Okay, fellas, that's the last number. You can pack up now. Get lost. Thank goodness this dance is over. What a night. Sure glad it's over. Alice dancing with all those kids and embarrassing me. Oh, wait till I get her home. Hey, Frankie, have you seen Alice around? Oh, yeah, Curly. She left a few minutes ago with Julius. With Julius, she's supposed to go home with me Why? You're just her husband Julius is her date <laughs> Keep quiet Oh, wait till I get her home I'll tell her a thing or two Almost 12 o'clock and Alice ain't home yet I wonder where she and Julius can be I wonder if they could have run away to... Nah there's such a difference in their ages Julius is only 16 and Alice is... No, I better not say it <laughs> Just the same, I don't like it and I'm oh, gonna Oh, hello, put... Phil Don't hello me, you... You... You teenagers delight you <laughs> Where have you and Julius been? We stopped for a drink A drink? You mean... Yes, he had a chocolate soda And I had an orange aid. Well, if you had an orange aid, How come there's chocolate on your lips? Answer that one Go ahead, answer it Answer it Go ahead Answer it He gave me a sip of his soda Boy, if I could think that fast There'd never be any arguments around this <laughs> Phil, stop acting like a child It was all innocent fun And I enjoyed dancing with those kids Wasn't it cute of Julius To bring me that corsage? The tired flower? <laughs> I suppose so, but from now on, I'm the only one who's going to buy you corsages. Tomorrow, I'm going out and get you the biggest one I can find. Oh, that's sweet of you, Phil. You're not really jealous of Julius, are you? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to prove it to you, I'll get him a present, too. I'll buy him a football. To show him you're sorry for the way you acted? That ain't it at all. Then why are you going to get him a football? Because if he has a football, he'll learn to play football. And if he learns to play, he'll get on a team. And if he's on a team, he'll be in training. And if he's in training, he'll go to bed nights instead of going out with other men's wives and shut up! <laughs> According to a recent survey made by Cosmopolitan magazine, 61.5% of those interviewed said their number one hair problem is dandruff. But you can lick this problem by using Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo regularly each week. When you see how completely Fitch Shampoo removes dandruff with the first application, you'll be sure neither unsightly nor unseen dandruff is spoiling your personal appearance. Yes, folks, be free of all traces of dandruff with Fitch Shampoo. For Fitch is the one and only shampoo made whose guarantee to remove dandruff with the first application is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. It's easy to use and leaves your scalp tingling with that grand, clean feeling. Get economical Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo at drug counters or have professional applications at beauty or barber shops. Fitch is spelled F-I-T-C-H. 
And now here's Phil Harris with names of the car winners in our third Fitch contest, which ended October 25th. Hey, congratulations, Altoona, Pennsylvania. Yes, sir, old Altoona is the lucky number. The Fraser Manhattan sedan was won by Mr. A.G. Wheelot from Altoona, Pennsylvania. And congratulations, Mr. Wheelot. Now, the Kaiser sedan was won by uh, Mrs. Charles G. Skilkin from Cincinnati, Ohio. Congratulations, Mrs. Charles C. Skilkin. Winners of other prizes being notified by mail. And to all of you, congratulations. Tune in next week when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch bandwagon with Alice Bay and Phil Harris. This program was written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet and directed by Paul Phillips. The part of Frankie was played by Elliot Lewis. Alice Fay appears to the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. Girls, for softer, shinier hair, use Fitch's new cream shampoo. It's made with both lanolin and olive oil. Lanolin to soften olive oil to bring out sparkling highlights. Try Fitch's cream shampoo. Bill Foreman speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Well, Jill, again, this is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1937-1938 season. Tonight's episode features Andy Devine. He's been on the show since about December. Um, it... it a lot of folks have difficulty with Andy and think that uh, he doesn't add much to the show, that sort of thing. Over time, I've gotten to like Andy's performances more and more and more on the show because they're just different. There's only like 80 of them out of the you know 800 or so Jack Benny shows. And once you start listening to all the other shows, they get a little repetitious sometimes, and it's nice to hear Andy. It's just refreshing that he's there. He's not in that many episodes, like I say. He did do about 200 movies, uh, certainly great movies like Stagecoach and so on. He just um, really does a fine job in any of his acting roles, and it's nice to hear him, I think, on the Jack Benny show. Now, on this particular episode, he gets to have a, we get to have a Halloween party. I just, again, love it that we're going through the same time of year as the show, so when Halloween comes up, we're going through the same exact things that they're going through on the episode, and it just makes it more relevant to us, I think. Uh, for tonight's episode, they're having a Halloween party at Andy's house. We get used to over the years that there's going to be a lot of different parties that Andy's involved with, Thanksgiving parties, Christmas parties. It's just sort of how they start using Andy uh, over time. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode tonight with Andy Devine. And join us next week as we break some serious ground, um, make some some historic things are going on on the Jack Benny Show next in the next two weeks uh, for Saturday night. So be sure to tune into those. They're great, great episodes. Anyway, we will, and I have a special treat for you next Saturday. You'll have to see it um, and literally see it. Anyway, <laughs> we will see you next time. J-E-L-L-O The Jell-O Program, starring Jack Benny with Barry Livingston and Phil Harris and his orchestra. 
The orchestra opens a program with Love is on the Air tonight from Varsity Show. Here's some helpful advice for every woman who likes to keep her family in good spirits. Give them Jell-O for dessert, not just once in a while, but often. For one of the grandest things about Jell-O is the wide variety of ways in which you can serve it. There are six lovely glowing colors to add real beauty to your menus. Six rich, delicious flavors to tempt every appetite. And there's almost no limit to the different Jell-O dishes which you can prepare. Dozens and dozens of desserts and salads, easy to make, attractive to look at, well to taste. You'll find definite recipe suggestions on every package of Jell-O. Just be sure you get genuine Jell-O and don't accept any substitutes. For there's only one Jell-O, and only Jell-O brings you that delicious, extra-rich fruit flavor. Ask your grocer for Jell-O. is on the air tonight, played by Phil Harris and his orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you that prominent comedian, musician, and after-dinner speaker, Jack Benny. Hello uh, again, this is Jack Benny talking, and thanks, Don, for finally giving me a legitimate introduction. <laughs> but no kidding, how did you happen to mention that I was an after-dinner speaker? Well, Jack, you know, I heard your speech at the Eddie Cantor anniversary uh, last Thursday night, and I thought you did a swell job. Well, thanks, thanks, thanks. Of course, I did think your voice sounded a little strained and unnatural. Well, I'll tell you, Don, they called on me right in the middle of the dinner, and I had a talk through a Brussels sprout. <laughs> But well, that, uh, that was quite an affair, wasn't it? Oh, yes, Jack, and a great gesture to a great comedian. Yeah. And I think Eddie Cantor deserves that tribute. Oh, so do I, Don. But, of course, uh... oh, well, let it go. <laughs> of course what? Come here a minute, Don. You know what burns me up? I know I haven't been in show business as long as Cantor. I know that. But this is my fourth year with Jell-O, isn't it? Yes, it is, Jack. And you'd think that someone would give me a dinner. Well, uh, uh, who, for instance? My sponsor, General Foods. Gee, if a food program doesn't think of a dinner, who will? Now, wait a minute, Jack. You have no complaint to make at all. Jell-O and General Foods have been mighty sweet to you, and furthermore, you've been very well paid. Look, Don, it isn't the money. There's something beyond dollars and cents. All I want is a little tribute from coast to coast. <laughs> That's all, a little gratitude. Hello, Jack. What are you squawking about tonight? Oh, nothing, Mary. Don and I were just talking about the Eddie Cantor dinner. Were you there, Mary? Oh, sure. I was there right from the start. You were? Uh, how'd you like my speech? Well, the service was slow, too. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I thought my speech was funny enough. You got more laughs when you were eating. <laughs> That's so. Well, I was nervous. Well, and who wouldn't be? I was sitting right next to the governor of California, Governor Merriam. <laughs> 
Well, you didn't have to throw your chicken bones on his plate. <laughs> I did? Oh, is that why he was glaring at me? Gee, Mary, do you think the governor is sore at me for that? No, but don't ever kill anybody in this state. <laughs> I won't, believe me. You know, Barry Jack seems to think that Jell-O ought to give him a dinner. A dinner? Yes. You mean instead of his salary? No. <laughs> don't put any ideas into people's heads. I think you ought to give our sponsors a dinner for being so nice to you all these years. Oh, so you're sticking up for them, huh? I'll say. I know which side my bread is jelloed on. <laughs> hey, that's very clever. Did Kenny help you think of that? Gosh, no. I never think of anything. Oh, hello, Kenny. Hello, did you just get here? Yeah. I'm sorry I'm a little late, Jack, but I was over in the next studio talking to Charlie McCarthy. Oh, was uh, Edgar Bergen there, too? No, just Charlie and I. <laughs> And you were talking to Charlie McCarthy, eh? Yeah, gee, is he dumb. <laughs> well, he's supposed to be. He's a dummy. Oh. Say, Jack, if you think I'm bad, Edgar Bergen came over later and, oh, boy, is he all mixed up. Why? What happened? He asked Charlie to sing and put me in a suitcase. <laughs> oh, can you imagine that, Mary? Edgar Bergen thought Kenny was Charlie McCarthy. Gee, if he can't tell them apart, who can? Don't look at me. Me neither. <laughs> Don't worry, Kenny. We'll find somebody. By the way, Kenny, did you tune in on the Eddie Cantor dinner Thursday? Yes, and it was a swell program. Did you hear my speech? No, I don't think so. Well, didn't you hear Dr. Giannini and, or Governor Merriam? Yeah, which one were you? <laughs> hmm, which one was I? The one who's jealous. I'm not jealous. All I said was that Jell-O might have done the same for me. Oh, don't let it bother you, Jack. Sure, don't let it worry you. Say, who's worrying about it? Who cares? Say, you do. I mean, besides me. <laughs> Answer the phone, Mary. Okay. Hello? Yes? Oh, hello, Mr. Campbell. It's for you, Jack Lawton Campbell of General Foods. Oh, the boss? Mm -hmm. Well. Uh, hello, Mr. Campbell. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are things in New York? Well, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> what? Me? Oh, no, Mr. Campbell, I just... No, I just felt that Jell-O might give me a dinner. What? No, I'm not hungry, Mr. Campbell. <laughs> but I just thought that... I know, but I just thought... I know, but I just... But I... But I... That's telling him. Quiet. <laughs> Now, look. Look, Mr. Campbell, I'm not tooting my horn. I'm a violin player. Is that so? <laughs> what? Oh, all right. He wants to talk to you, Mary. Hello, Mr. Campbell. Hello, Mr. Campbell. Shh. Uh, what? No, Jack feels all right. He's just a little nervous, I guess. After all, he's not a kid anymore. I'm not, eh? I'm younger than he is. Uh, nothing, Mr. Campbell. Jack just said that he's younger than you are. You little traitor. Uh, what? <laughs> what did he say, Mary? He said... <laughs> well, what did he say? He said you'll age around auction time. <laughs> That's what I get for appreciating me. Yes, Mr. Campbell. All right, thank you. Goodbye. Gee, Mary, do you, do you think he's really mad at me? No, Jack, he knows you don't mean anything you say. That's right. Of course, it won't hurt me to look around for something. 
Well, anyway, I guess it'll blow over. Hey, Kenny. Yes, Jack. It's time for your song. How about it? I already sang it. You did? Where? In the suitcase. <laughs> oh, how did it sound? Not so good. I had my feet in my mouth. <laughs> well, now that you've straightened out, sing it again, will okay. you? Okay. Wait a minute, Kenny. Come in. Telegram for Jack Benny. Take it, Mary. Now, what are you going to sing tonight, Kenny? I'm going to sing Rosita. Oh, that's a beautiful number. Uh, Jack, this wire's from the Western Costume Company. Western Costume Company? What does it say? It says, Mi Dear Mr. Benny, stop worrying about Tanner's dinner and return that full-dress suit. <laughs> oh, that slipped my mind. Thanks, <laughs> Kenny. I must send that right over. <laughs> one nice thing about you, Jack. You always compliment me after my song. Well, Kenny, I only do it because you deserve it. You're really a great delineator of songs. Yeah. <laughs> well, you are. Jack, what does delineator mean? Well, Mary, it means, uh, well, delineator means, uh, it means, well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know what it is. I just can't find the word. Hey, Phil, what does delineator mean? Delineator? That's it. 
Well, it means, uh, delineator means, uh, uh well, uh... So Jack told me. Funny, I got it right on the tip of my tongue. Ask your boys, Phil. I'm not gonna wake them up just for one word. <laughs> no, I wouldn't bother, no. Say, Phil, I heard that you and the orchestra were working down in Phoenix, Arizona this past week. Some sort of a celebration there. Yes, Jack, they're having a big fiesta. Oh, a fiesta. That's a sort of a... Uh, oh, oh, what is it, Mary? I'm still working on delineator. <laughs> well, stay with us. Uh, fiesta is, uh... Gee, we don't know anything, do we? Penny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Phil, I was going to drive down to Phoenix and see you. Gee, you? I wish you had. Say, Jack, yeah. have you still got that old Maxwell you bought last week? I didn't hear that. What is that, Phil? I said, have you still got that old Maxwell you bought last week? Oh, I sure have. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Kenny. That car's holding up great, so don't laugh. <laughs> Who's laughing? <laughs> well, I'm satisfied with it, and that's all that counts. Have you been driving it around much, Jack? Oh, sure. I made a lot of trips this week, Don. I opened her up, and she certainly can go, believe me. <laughs> Jack, tell him what happened Wednesday morning when we were out driving. Oh, no, not with this gang around, no. Now, you, you tell us, Mary, what was it? Well... Now, Mary... Oh, what's the difference? Come on, Mary, tell us. Well, Jack and I were out driving Wednesday morning on Wilshire Boulevard, and there was a great big truck right in front of us. Mary. Anyway, we were riding along, and all of a sudden, the truck backfired. And what happened? Jack's motor dropped out. <laughs> Well, that could happen to anyone. Anyway, there's one thing about my car. It never backfires. It wouldn't dare to. <laughs> well, fellas, have your little fun. I'm a big enough guy to take it. Come in. Another telegram for Jack Benny. Right here, son, and thank you. Say, don't you ever give tips? <laughs> hmm, tips with Christmas only two months off. <laughs> Who's Fred the wire Jeff? from, Jack? Here it is. Uh, dear Buck. Oh, it's from Andy. Listen to this, fellas. It says, Dear Buck, wish you and the gang would come over to our place tonight. I'm giving a Halloween party in our barn. Oh, hey, oh that's boy, rare. Halloween oh, that's great. Was going to have it last night, but the cider wasn't hard enough. <laughs> come over right away as we're going strong. Andy. Oh, boy, cider. Kenny, you can't have cider. You'll drink milk. All right, but I'll stagger just the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, fellas. Let's go right out. Right over before the party's over. Huh? I'm ready. Me too. Are we going to wear masquerade costumes? Say, that'd be fun. See, we could all go with something. Yeah, I wonder what I could be. Uh, why don't you part your hair and go to the Lincoln Highway? <laughs> oh, let's not bother. We haven't got time anyway. Come on, fellas. Okay. okay. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got to lead the next number. All right, Bill. And as soon as you're through, meet us over there. Will you hurry up, fellas? Hold on, Jack. I've got an announcement to make. Well, make it, Don. Hurry up. Okay, Jim. ladies and gentlemen, when you're out shopping and looking for an economical oh. dessert, be sure to ask for Jello with its new extra rich fresh fruit flavor. Wait a minute. Not so fast. Don, this is important. It's not only easy to make, but it comes in six delicious flavors. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. Come on, let's go. All right, Bill. All right. See you later, Phil. How are we going to get there, Jack? How are we going to get there? In my car. It's right downstairs. Oh, oh no. no. Now, don't be silly. There's no danger. Come on. I wouldn't ride in that car if you put on back night. Why, there's nothing to worry about. Now, who's willing to take a chance? That's the spirit. I'll get you there in no time. So long, Phil. So long. Bye, bye,
Hey, gee, we ought to be there pretty soon. Oh, boy, what a car. I'll say, why don't you put it in second, Jack? Okay, hey, Don, help me shift this gear, will you? Righto, righto. That's better. Say, Kenny, what's that you got under your arm? I don't know. That's a fender and put it back. (laughs) Oh, Jack, look, there's the plate. Yeah, here we are, fellas. There's Andy standing out in front with a lantern. Right up this driveway, fellas! Okay, hold on tight, boys. We're going to stop. Come on, get out, everybody. <laughs> Hello, Andy. Hi, you back. Hello, gang. Oh, hi, Andy. Hey, Jack. Jack, look, there's Phil. Hello, Jack. Why, Phil, how did you get here so fast? I walked. <laughs> Come here, Phil. Don't tell anybody about this, will you? Well, I won't if I don't have to ride home with you. It's a bargain. Say, Andy, is it all right if I leave my car out here? Drive it in the barn. I want my bull to see it. <laughs> Nothing doing. Hey, where's the party? Follow me. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Watch out for my chicken. <laughs> and everything, huh? Gee, it sounds just like Phil's, only better. Yes, sir. Hiya, boys! (laughs) (laughs) Gee, this is a swell party, isn't it? And then a swell party, Mary, right in the barn. Isn't this real atmosphere? You said it. Open the window. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be funny. Hey, Buck, you remember Ma, don't you? Oh, sure. How are you, Mrs. Devine? Happy New Year! Yippee! (laughs) Well, you're having a good time. Hey, Andy, isn't that your paw over there? No, that's the goat. Oh, I should have known better. Your paw hasn't got horns. He should have. He's a devil. (laughs) Here's paw. Hey, paw, you say hello to Buck. How you feeling, young fella? Just fine, Mr. Devine. How are you? Oh, pretty good for a man 83 years old. No kidding. Are you really 83? Yes, sir, but don't tell my wife. <laughs> Why not? She thinks I'm 81. <laughs> 83 and you look so healthy. So how do you account for it? Well, I led a good, clean life up to the age of 10. <laughs> That's remarkable, Mr. Devine. You deserve a pat on the back. Don't do it. I'll fall apart. <laughs> Well, you wouldn't think so to look at you. What holds you together? I use adhesive tape for underwear. <laughs> adhesive tape? How do you get it off? That's been worrying me for years. <laughs> hey, Mr. Devine, you, re- you remember Mary, don't you? Oh, you darn tootin'. Hello, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, Mary? Say, how'd you like to wiggle through a hot rumba? Hot rumba? Yeah, that's me, old sizzle hips. <laughs> now, well, Henry, well. you behave yourself. Pipe down, Ma. You're repulsive. <laughs> oh, Jack, let's join the gang. They're over there bobbing for apples. Say, that's a lot of fun, bobbing for apples. It sure is. Let's go, Mary. If you find one with teeth in it, it's mine. <laughs> Come on, Jack. Okay. Hey, Buck, how about a little apple cider? Whee! Sure thing, Andy. Ride with you. Come on, everybody. Am I? Lead me to it. Now, how about you, Phil? I'm on my second jug now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jack, look at that little pig. Isn't he cute? Yeah. And a dog, too. Gee, 
Andy, look, and there's a couple of cows. Hey, Andy, how'd you happen to have all your animals at the party? Well, Pa got the invitations mixed up, and I can't insult them now. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. If I have to dance with a bull, I'm going home. Well, wait till he asks you. Now, how about another drink, fellas? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Jack, look what I found. <laughs> Kenny. Kenny, get away from that horse. It'll bite you. Not this end. <laughs> well, it's dangerous. Say, Buck, let's have a little entertainment. How about some excitement? Well, we're all here. Let's start something. Oh, okay. sure. Let's get going. Listen, I'll tell you what, fellas. Listen, I've got a good idea. Let's get Mary to sing a song. Oh, yeah. come well, come on. Let's sing a But I will Atta girl, atta girl What are you going to sing, Mary? Uh, do you know, boys know Have you got any castles, baby? Sure thing Well, that's well And we'll all join in On the second chorus huh? Hit it, boys Have you got any mountains That you want to have plum, baby? Plum? Have you got any oceans That you want to have plum, baby? Plum? I'll get out of my bonnet and shawl yeah. I'll get into my nothing at all Sing it, Mary I'll give out with a wide, smaller crawl. And over the waves we go splash dunk. Have you got any continents you want me to fly, baby? Wow, wow. Oh, there just isn't anything that I wouldn't try for you. Try for you? After my adventures are through, and I hung up a record or two, you can tell all the papers that I did it because I Bill and Andy, you take it. Come Have on. you got any castles that you want me to build, baby? I'll get into my seven league boots. I'll get into my bulletproof suits. I'll get out my revolver that shoots. Have you got any mortgages you'd like to have paid, baby? Swing it, Andy. Have you got any villains that you want to have laid to rest? <laughs> After all my adventures are through. Did you bring home a dragon or two? You can tell all the papers that I did it because I love you! Great. You're sure hot tonight, Andy. Thanks, Buck. Now, how about playing a violin solo? Oh, no, no, no. Anyway, Andy, I haven't got my fiddle. Hey, I'll get you a fiddle from the orchestra. All right, if you insist. I want some cider. Quiet. Here's a violin, Buck. I don't know if it's in tune or not. Oh, I'll get along all right. I think I'll get along, too. Good night, folks. You stay right here. Now, I'll play another chorus of the same thing. Wait, I want to get tuned up first. <laughs> That's all right. Well, boys, one more course, the same thing, and swing it. Oh, 
time, I'll give a concert in a zoo. Even Hyphus would have had trouble here. Well, let's have a dance. Play, boys. Come on. a grand new dessert that you'll want to try tomorrow. It's attractive and it's mighty delicious. It's called Jello a la mode and it's one of the nicest desserts we've ever told you about. You can make it with either strawberry or raspberry jello. Dissolve the jello in hot water. Turn into a shallow pan and chill until firm. Then cut the jello into shimmering little cubes and pile in sherbet glasses. Top each glass full of these jello cubes with a small mound of vanilla ice cream. And believe me, you'll have a dessert to cheer about. Luscious, full-flavored jello, crimson strawberry or rich glowing raspberry, topped off with vanilla ice cream. But you must use genuine jello if you want that extra rich fruit flavor, that deep true fruit goodness which makes every jello dessert so grand. No other gelatin dessert brings you jello's extra rich fruit flavor. So always ask for jello by name. Look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O. Maxwell House Coffee Program, Good News of 1938, begins next Thursday night, November 4th, over most of these same stations. It's a full hour's visit to the great MGM lot with Hollywood's most famous stars. See your local paper for time and station nearest you and be sure to tune in. The tune Blue Bonnet heard on this program is from the Casino Show and from the Pan American Exposition. Kenny Baker has appeared on this program through the courtesy of Mervyn Leroy. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Mm -hmm.